Gloucester Tales Series 2 Women's Voices is a series of stories written by local women on the theme of The Thing That Changed My Life. These pieces were all recorded by the women writers in their own homes using a variety of recording methods due to the ongoing COVID restrictions. Commissioned by the City Voices Strand of the Gloucester History Festival, these stories are presented by me, your host, Jarek Adams. Episode 1, Girl Power, has two stories by writers from the Word Maids Writing Group. Both of these stories take us back to the past when both women were starting out in life and explore the freedoms they enjoyed as they moved from childhood to the adult world. The first story, First Job, is by Vivian Murphy and dives us into the point of our lives where we all have to navigate big changes. Thank you, Miss Harris. We'd be delighted to offer you employment in the bank. You'll hear from our personnel department shortly, and they will outline the terms and conditions, including, of course, which branch you'll be joining. You'll need to know that, laughed the bank manager. And just like that, I grew up. All of a sudden, the schoolgirl who'd left for the six-week holiday in July, by August, had turned into a young woman with a job. A chance comment by my dad to his bank manager somehow turned into an informal chat with me, turned into a job offer, turned into a turning point. Almost on a whim, my world changed, and somehow I just went along with it. A-levels were abandoned halfway through to be picked up years later. Friends were left behind in school while I started on my voyage of discovery in the world of work. And a voyage of discovery it was. Learning the job was easy. But some of the other stuff, the people stuff, took a long time to work out. Now I was mixing on apparently equal terms with adults. Previously all grown-ups had had a title, not a name. Mum, Dad, Sir, Miss. Now I could call them all by their first names. Well, except for the managers. And what a hierarchy they were. Supervisor and assistant supervisor, I understood. Manager, I understood. But assistant manager, manager's assistant, under manager, assistant under manager, all I really understood was that everyone was senior to me. What panicked me was that I couldn't tell the manager from the head porter. That was a potential recipe for disaster. I met people who lived in places I'd barely heard of, in the far reaches of the branch catchment area. People who had mortgages, car loans, children. I was still children pretending I knew what they were talking about. I must have looked like a rabbit in the headlights for the first few months, eyes and mouth wide open in big O's. Some of the logistics took working out too. It was no longer a ten-minute walk to the school gates. Now I depended on public transport. All went well if the bus turned up on time. I made new friends at the bus stop and that was fun. But when the bus was late or failed to turn up, it was nerve-wracking. You really didn't want to get a row from the assistant under-manager. She was in charge of the signing-in book and all things staff-related. Bad appointment. She could cut you dead with a few choice words, smiling all the while. She reduced me to tears more than once. For what, I don't remember. She obviously subscribed to the management school of make yourself look big by making others look small. 
On the other hand, if you got in too early, you'd have to wait outside in the cold and wet before the signal came that it was safe to come in. I'm sure they have more sophisticated methods nowadays. Back then, we all waited in nearby shop doorways until the bank was clear. Eventually, I got the hang of being a working girl, managing my own money, living with only two weeks summer holidays and only two days at Christmas. After work drinks and leaving dues, workers and shirkers, keyboards and switchboards. So many things I didn't know I didn't know. It was the first big change that I brought on myself and it influenced so many others that came after. If only I knew then what I know now. Okay, so that was our first Women's Voices story written by Vivian Murphy from the Word Maids Writing Group. Listening to that piece, I couldn't help thinking back to when I started out in the adult world and how I coped with the first few jobs I found myself doing, from office jobs where I was the worst typist ever and most probably cost the company a small fortune in Tipex, uh, to the bar jobs where I really got to see so much life and where I met so many characters that I'm sure have found their way into my writing over the years. But I also love the thought Viv leaves us with about wishing she knew what she knows now. In a world that's obsessed with youth and which often sets young people against their elders, it's a thought worth pondering by us all. However, there's no time for mulling over the wisdom that comes with hindsight, as our next story is by another of my word maids writing group, Julie Hayden, whose maiden name was Middleton and who wanted to share her family's connection to the Hucklecoat area of Gloucester. Her grandfather, H.C. Middleton, who was known as Harry, researched, photographed and wrote about Hucklecoat's history from the 1950s and his work is still accessible via the Gloucester Heritage Hub. Also, her father, D.D. Middleton, known as Dennis, was involved in the 1970s-80s early development of the Blackfriars site, which was fully restored and is now open to the public. But this is her story about the thing that changed her life. So let's jump into the back of her dad's Austin 7 for a trip back to a time when access to a car could make your world feel a little bit bigger. It was the early 60s and my dad got his first car. It was an Austin 7. I was five or six when the whole family packed into the car and headed off to Uphill in Weston for a week's holiday. The dad in the driving seat, Grampy in the passenger seat, Mum, Nanny and my big sister on the back seat. I was sat on some luggage, suitably arranged to make a small seat on the floor in front of the back seat. I couldn't see forward. However, I had the best view of the indicators which popped out of the sides of the car between the windows. The Austin took our family on many outings and we would always go with sandwiches, flowers of tea and rock cakes, a description my dad gave to my mum's small fruit cakes. He would always tap them before eating as he loved to joke. I remember running around hills, tumps and fields, standing with dad and grampy, inspecting pieces of old walls with the talk of Romans, whoever they were. I was very excited to be visiting Tintin Abbey, as there was an abbey in the sound of music, but Tintin had no windows, no roof and no sign of a singing nun. It was years later I discovered we had in fact been visiting historical sites and this was my grandpa's passion, which did rub off on my dad. Dad changed his car to a Hillman Minx. I was 10 or 11. 
and four of us travelled to a holiday camp on the Isle of Wight. We clashed with a hippie festival, so we drove past groups of hippies walking on the roads. They were very colourful in their flower power clothes. We did our usual visits, including making sand ornaments at the needles and paid a visit to the to Osborne House. I thought Queen Victoria was very lucky to have such a place to holiday in. My dad got a foreman's job working for the Department of Environment, restoring local historical buildings, the workshop and office on the Blackfriars site plus a van. This meant the tank on the drive, this is what my mum called the Morris Oxford, needed a driver. So Dad encouraged my mum, who was now in her 50s, to learn to drive. There was just one problem. She had no sense of direction. Therefore, I was the navigator of Dad's written directions. This paid off in two ways. She took me to my first proper job interview, and I was lucky to become employed by the CGB, Central Electricity Generating Board. And secondly, I knew how to drive around Gloucester, Cheltenham, and get to a few pubs. At 19, I passed my driving test, and on the drive, Waiting was my first car, an Austin 1100, which I was only allowed to drive once I showed Dad I could open the bonnet and knew where the spare was. It goes without saying, I did pay Mum and Dad back with similar outings, plus tea and cakes and family holidays. I really hope you enjoyed the first two stories in the Women's Voices series. What I loved about both of them was the sense of freedom and the journey both stories took us on, with both of them showing how important it is to embrace the changes that life offers us, from unexpected job opportunities to the freedom of having a car. And I love the circle of life that's contained in these two short pieces, with Viv reflecting on how the world of work has changed over the years, to Julie eventually swapping roles with her dad and taking him for days out in the car. So thank you to both of those writers for sharing these pieces. And I really hope you'll come back for the next episode in this series, which will be Mother Nature. Two stories about how having a connection to the living world around us can change our lives and help us stay connected to the world. Women's Voices is part of the Gloucester Tales podcast presented by Jarek Adams and produced by Andrew Thorne with material commissioned by the City Voices strand of the Gloucester History Festival. Music